leadership, potentially a shapeless concept, government perceived as overwhelmingly large, put the two together, government leadership, and you could distill it down to big and cold. Interested instead in a space where government leadership might be personal and warm, maybe that would look like a one-on-one conversation with those we choose to speak for us in our own neighborhoods. We see them walking their dogs, shopping in our grocery store, talking with neighbors in the coffee shop, cheering from the little league sidelines, witnessing community tragedy, solving problems, and generating opportunities. From Studio 67, I'm Ginger Delegal, and this is Pack and Chat, 670 seconds with Florida's local leaders. Today, for our last episode in this inaugural season of Pack and Chat, I welcome into the studio Commissioner Terry Burroughs from Okeechobee County. Commissioner Burroughs, welcome to the studio. Well, thank you for having me, Ginger. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to talk to you today. So one of the questions that we launch with in this podcast and an opportunity for your fellow local leaders around the state of Florida and our other listeners to get to know you a little bit is to learn what your Florida story is. How did you get to Florida? Well, I was born in West Hollywood, Florida, so I'm a a Floridian by by choice, uh, at least by my mother's choice. Um, that was back in 1950. We, uh, were, uh, we had a dairy farm, uh, and, uh, my father had, uh, managed that for a number of years. And then we moved to uh, Okeechobee County in 1956, where I stayed until I graduated high school and moved on into the, uh, telecommunications world. And how, where, where did that world take you geographically? Well, the telecommunication world took me to from Boca Raton, uh, Florida, to Fort Lauderdale as uh, as the staff area manager over uh, computer systems, to Atlanta, where I was managing about uh, four different states on different types of computer systems for what we call proactive maintenance for our customer base. And then all of a sudden, one night, I woke up the next morning, I had five additional states when Judge Green decided to com- converge Bell South or Southern Bell and South Central Bell. I uh, stayed there until about 1986, and uh, we had a process by where um, they quoted their best and broadest. They used to send them to uh, New Jersey to work in Belcor, which was part of a uh, development corporation to, to uh, develop software for the seven regional Bell operating companies. So they send us up there to uh, get involved in system engineering, development, product management, project management. I stayed there. I had a five-year rotation. I I got to a point where I really enjoyed the work. And so I decided to transfer there permanently, whereby um, I ended up retiring in 2003 uh, as an executive. And so when you retired, why did you choose to come back to Florida? Well, my choice was that um, it was very simple. I was my mother's guardian for seventeen uh, over 17 years. She had Alzheimer's disease. My father was not able to take care of him. And the people of this community um, helped me considerably um, when I traveled all over the world with my job. 
they helped me run a, uh, she, she had a business, she had a florist business here for 50 years. Uh, so the people in the community um, kind of gathered around her because she was a monarch of the community pretty much. And so when I come back, um, I felt compelled uh, to stay here and, and try to help this community uh, in the capacity I'm doing today. Um, it's, it's very, very simple. When you come into a small rural community, people have a tremendous bond about, uh, about themselves and about their, their fellow person. And uh, I saw that at an early age, but I really, it really become very important to me as I watched them uh, gather around my mother and father and take care of them uh, for a number of years. That's a great story. And there are a couple of things about your background that ring true to me. So dating myself a little bit, but I remember Southern Bell as being our, you know, now the buzzword is telecom provider, but at the time it was just the phone service. And uh, growing up in Georgia, so we had Southern Bell and then I, too, share Alzheimer's disease, as many Floridians do, um, with you. My grandmother, who was also from a small rural community in Georgia, a farming family, she was the 13th of 16 children, all who lived into their adulthood, which she was born in 1903. So that's saying something that they all lived because she was number 13. So they were born starting in the 1800s um, and a place that you still can't find on the map, but it's around Milledgeville. Georgia and it's called Deep Step. But um, she and several of her sisters, along with her mother, so my great grandmother, um, also ended up with Alzheimer's disease. So it's certainly something I understand. And that is absolutely a season of life where it absolutely takes an entire community to help take care of those who have taken care of us. So with all of this in your background, a big corporate career and moving all over the Eastern Seaboard, clearly very successful, and then coming back home um, to the community that launched you uh, beginning back in your teenage years, what made you decide to run for county commission? It's not at everyone's, uh, it's not on everyone's priority list. No, it's probably not. it was really interesting when I come home, um, you know, naturally and being retired, you, you really didn't want to do anything. And you just kind of wanted to chill out a little bit. And so I rode to Harley for a while and played golf and shot sporting clays and worked in the yard, you know, things of that sort. And I got bored. I needed something to do. So I started going to county commissioner meetings and listening to some of the things that were, that they were discussing about the community. And one of the things that kind of got me is that when I left here in 1968, 69, that time frame, when I come back, I I did not see our community progressing as much as I thought it should. So as I sat there and listened to debates and some of the issues that they were discussing, I felt that that it needed a new opportunity in life to, to generate more more bigger into this community. So I ran in 2010 and um, I lost that race by 300 votes. Really aggravated me because I wanted to understand how I lost it. So I looked and reviewed it. And in 2014, 
I come back and I beat the same gentleman by 1,800 votes. Um, so from that st- from that time forth, I have pretty much dedicated my time to be a, a servant community, a servant leader in this community because I I believe in this community and I believe in the people. Um, so it's well worth the time I spend trying to do things that are on a positive standpoint to to make our community better. And so why did you decide to run again? Because being bored as a county commissioner, that's sort of not a, not a sentence that I would put together that makes a whole lot of sense, meaning, um, at least from my vantage point, there isn't anything boring about what you all do at the local level. So I think you probably solved that problem for yourself. But why did you decide to run again? Well, I felt that the, the amount of time that from the first four years, you really are trying to get yourself gauged into what really is important in your community. Um, due to the fact I've never been in politics before and understanding that I come from the corporate world and uh, financial issues and things of that sort are much different than the, uh, the government because the government moves at snail pace in the corporate world. We, we move at, uh, I'll say lightning speed to a large degree. So when I, when I decided to run the second time, it was because I felt that uh, there was more work to do and, I, and I really got involved in um, the Bar Association of Counties, and I could see how those particular opportunities was helping me develop new opportunities in my in my community. As much as when I got involved with a small county coalition, and all of those piece parts started forming together to be able to to bring some new innovative ideas to the community. So I just didn't think that my work was done at that given time makes sense. So I often call you all overachievers, meaning locally elected officials. And my intent in that phrase is that you are successful in lots of different aspects of your life and people in all of those different places in your life turn to you to take on responsibility all the time because you are successful. And certainly you have done that as a county commissioner and not only would I not call that position boring it is not an easy one Um, at the end of the day you all as county commissioners are the ones that are making decisions based on sometimes expert um, testimony if you will that is coming before you you know if you've got a debate with a developer and a neighborhood community and those two are at odds you're often weighing facts and science and trying to read a crystal ball into the future. But at the end of the day, all of that input, you have to make a decision. And making decisions is not always it's not always easy. Um, and a lot of responsibility comes with that. So being an overachiever, having all of this responsibility, certainly as a county commissioner, you've also taken on the call of your peers around the state to lead the small county coalition. You are now an officer in the Florida Association of Counties, and you are incredibly involved um, at the national level. And so 
that's a lot of work and that is a lot on you, let alone then dealing with a raucous public hearing, we'll say, um, back at the local level and some of the not so professional criticism that can be launched at you as a result of that decision making process. So you're giving out a lot, um, but you're also a successful leader. And so that tells me that you are finding sustenance, if you will, somewhere. So are there are there things that you turn to to help support you as a leader? Are there people? Is there a morning practice that you have? Is there exercise? Are you regimented with your nutrition? Um, what is it that you turn to for support? Well, anybody that knows me, they, they know I'm very regimented in terms of my uh, early morning exercise and nutrition. I mean, there's it's an everyday process. Uh, three to four days a week, I'm in the gym. Those are the days I'm out walking. Uh, when you, I walk probably two miles a day. And I believe that that the gym work in the and and going out and walking allows me the time to compartmentalize all particular issues that I know that are that are going to confront me in the, during I'll say a busy day, and also leave space for to categorize those particular issues that may just pop up as they normally do. Um, I, I will say this to you is that. Being a county commissioner is much easier than the job I used to do in the corporate world. So I, I kind of look at this job as being fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy dealing with the people. I enjoy the, the challenges that, uh, that the people present to you. And I think that if you never, uh, if you didn't enjoy those types of challenges, then you're not the type of individual that needs to be in these particular in, in a particular position as a commissioner. Um, the people vote you in for for a reason. They vote you in because they want you to make a difference. And if you can't make a difference, you ch- and you choose just to be here because of you just want to be a figurehead, then you're in the, you're in the wrong position. So I kind of look at myself as the as an individual that is here because I want to be here and I want to serve this community the best way. And I use that exercise and the walking every morning is to gather that strength for the day for my day's work. Well, I know you can't see me, but the fact that you said that your job you find to be fun and that you actually enjoy it, enjoy it um, just put a huge smile on my face. So um, I think that is great to hear. And walking, I know for myself, is one of those big things as well. And I know you and I have had a conversation recently about my adding a little bit of resistance and some real weight training to that walking regimen. So um, I think I need to turn to you for inspiration on that part of it but walking absolutely is um, I think one of those one of those practices uh, frankly I would call it um, that brings some restoration as well as physical movement 
I once went to a chiropractor for, of course, a lower back issue that I was having. And his conversation with me was about walking. And I've been a walker, frankly, ever since I was a teenager. And he told me, he said, but I don't want you power walking. I don't want your arms at a 90 degree angle. And I was like, well, why is that a problem? He said, because if you swing them down by your hips, as if you're walking, that that movement actually is meditative, that it's almost like swinging in a swing, literally. And so um, actually from that time on, I can't tell you that it made a difference in my brain, but <laughs> from that moment on, um, I find myself not power walking with my arms at a 90 degree angle and swinging them more down by my hips. So last, well, go ahead. No, my wife will, my wife will not walk with me because I can walk two, probably two miles, two and a half miles in about 22 minutes. That's fast. And yes. She will not walk with me. Nobody likes to walk with me. So, I, but I find that that's, that's the only way you can do it. Yeah. That's actually a running pace. You realize that, right? That's like an 11 minute mile. Well, I used, <laughs> I used to run, you know, I, when I lived in Atlanta, we were running 60, 70 miles a week. And, uh, so it's all part of that deal. And I just can't run anymore. So I just, I'll just walk. Very good. Last part of the conversation today, just getting back a little bit to the theme of this podcast um, and sustenance and inspiration. And if you were to pack a literal backpack that you took with you everywhere you went, what would you put in that backpack? Well, I think that one of the things that when I said, you know, I had my speech and um, the uh, the conference this last time, we talked a little bit about um, Admiral McRaven and his making his bed concept. And I always consider the fact that if you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And so I kind of look at myself as when I talked a little bit earlier about a servant leader, I, there's like some characteristics of that. Listening is number one. If you can listen to people, you can resolve 98% of the problems by listening to them and then feeding back what they have said to you. A little empathy doesn't that doesn't uh, hurt at all. Um, awareness of what is of your surroundings and what's really going on and, and what goes on in your community. And also being persuasive. Persuasion is a, is a really interesting tool sometimes that you can get people to turn around from one a negative and be and ha and have a positive outlook on it just by listening and talking to them and making sure that they really understand how to look at their problem from a different perspective. And conceptualization of the problem makes it sometimes a little easier for people to understand is that drawing analogies or analysis from another standpoint to say, listen, look at it from this particular way. And the foresight of trying to find, I'll say, uh, a, a solution to a problem. Um, you, you already know a lot of times what people are going to, they're upset with or whatever they may be because, you know, we get a phone call and the first two minutes, you know, things are just, they're just, they're laying out their soul to you and a little bit of foresight as you as you're listening to them so if i packed all that together from a servant leadership standpoint those are the things i put in my backpack in order to serve this community that sounds like a great 
backpack and a great way to wrap this up today. So Commissioner Burroughs, thank you so much for joining me here in Studio 67 and we look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you for having me and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to, to be on the podcast.